Hey, um, if we've never met, my name is Phil. I get the wonderful opportunity to be the pastor of this group of people who call themselves Clarity Church. And uh, if we have met and we are, you know, maybe friends and you feel comfortable to, you know, talk to me during my messages, like Colin, uh, this series today, we're beginning a new series that is specifically uh, for you who call yourselves Clarity Church. And so if you are just checking us out, listen, I just want to for, forgive me in advance if it feels like uh, I, I'm asking you to do some stuff you never signed up to do. Uh, just know that a lot of the you and we stuff is more about talking to those of us who call ourselves Clarity Church. And so we've begun this series called Fresh Start. Uh, almost one year ago to date, I was sitting right here, so I couldn't see the little thing. I mean, that was from January, January 7th, 2018. That was from the message of January. Uh, so how many of you were there? Okay, not nobody. Okay, so we have a whole new church. Um, in fact, the reason why I showed it, because I felt so bad nobody was there. And I was like, it was like a waste of time. So I wanted to show it again. Um, no, I'm teasing. Uh, we're not a hand-raising church either, I guess now. Uh, but I know many of you were there. Many of you were there. And uh, one year ago, I made an invitation for all of us who call ourselves Clarity, who call Clarity home, to, um, as I had put it at the time, was to re-embrace the uh, mission to live life like Jesus and to begin the journey of being prepared to live life on mission and being empowered and supported in that endeavor through specifically missional communities. You'll remember that. Uh, and because of the u- unique opportunity that I have to be a part of many of your lives, uh, a lot of you, uh, some of you I'm actually in community with, I have seen what I believe to have been wonderful growth over this past year towards living life like Jesus, which we call reorganizing your life to be someone who is not only being discipled, but is someone who is making disciples. And uh, so some of you, some of you made uh, the first steps towards living on mission by reorienting your life, by engaging in a missional community. Some of you, before 2018, were not in a missional community, but you joined one and you were a part of one. And, and that has made a big difference in your life. Some of you finally began opening up to your missional community. You've kind of been involved in the missional community, but you, you finally kind of put off the veneer and, and, and you put off the, you know, the, all, all, the, all the layers that kind of cover your struggles and, and, and specifically your struggles on living with, on mission, and you allowed the people that you call your church family to begin to pour into you, and you allowed them to empower you, and you allowed them to come alongside of you so that you can begin living on mission well instead of poorly. Some of you began to wrestle with how your emotional and or social immaturity has negatively affected your ability to deeply connect with people in general, first and foremost, but specifically it's how it has negatively affected your ability to connect with people who are far from Jesus. And you know what? You have been growing in that in the only way that a person can, which is through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the accountability of a community on mission. And so if that's you this year, I, uh, and I know who you are, and if I don't know who you are, but that is who you are, you have a lot to celebrate as we look back over 2018 and what God has done, not only in our church, but specifically in your life, but, but definitely through this gathering of people called Clarity Church. Some of you began building bridges, right, with coworkers 
And neighbors, in fact, I've heard stories now uh, after this talk and after subsequent talks regarding this idea, like, hey, we should live on mission. I began to hear the conversations went from more like, hey, how'd your family and how'd your week go? But, you know, like, hey, Phil, I talked to my neighbor. I talked to my coworker. We had this conversation with them, you know, and it's, I tell you what, nothing makes me more excited, more excited than to hear the people who call themselves Clarity engaging in conversation and relationship with people who are far from Jesus. And some of you have been doing that faithfully. And it was been, it's been hard, but you've had a community to come alongside you and give you advice and to pray for you and to come alongside you. And you've had these gatherings where we can continue to encourage you. And so God has been moving and you've been, you've been, you've been beginning to understand what it means to find joy in the hard work of becoming like Jesus who lived his life in such a way that he loved well and was loved well, specifically not only by the people who were like him, but he was the kind of guy for whom even those who were nothing like him, not just liked him, but they loved him. And so as we start this new year, I want to ask us all a question. How have you been growing in living life like Jesus in your everyday rhythms with everyone in your circles of influences. What does what your 2018 look like for you? What does, how have you grown in living life like Jesus in your everyday rhythms with everyone in your circles of influence? And I, I'm gonna pause purposely just so you can think about it. So, I'm going to ask the question again. I literally want you to think about this. Like, just think about it. How have you grown? How have you grown this past year in living life like Jesus in your everyday rhythms with everyone in your circles of influence? that's still too difficult question to understand. In other words, how has your love for God grown this year? You love him more than you did last. How has your love for those who are disconnected from God grown? Like, Like, do you find your heart less in condemnation towards the people in your circle of influence who look nothing like Jesus? And do you find your heart now breaking for the things that break God's heart? And do you find yourself loving people who are far from Jesus more? How has your emotional and social intelligence grown over the years? How have you grown in your ability to find yourself building deep connections with people in ways that are feeling more natural? What kind of impact has your life made in making the realities of the gospel tangible and clear to everyone you meet and every place you go. This is what I mean with what has your last year living like Jesus look like? How have you grown? 
If, I know most people don't ask you that question. And I, I, I want to ask you that because it's a good thing for you to reflect. If you love and follow Jesus and this is your aim to live life on mission, you deserve to be asked this question. How have you been doing? How have you been doing? The heart of this series uh, is all about pushing us into the journey of living life like Jesus. I'm not going to change my tone for this year because what started last year is still the message that I have for you this year. In fact, I was tempted to show you the message from last year because I'm like, I think we just need to hear this again. But then I'm like, nah, people would think I'm lazy. I already had two weeks off. Be like, what are you doing now, Phil? So if anything, I know Kevin will give me a hard time. So I had to, I did this for you, Kevin. So you're welcome. (laughs) But listen, this series is all about pushing us, Clarity Church, towards this journey of deeper living life like Jesus. And there isn't a better time in the beginning of this new year to take a fresh start at living life like Jesus in community and on mission with God than the new year, right? It's new year. Everybody makes their resolutions, right? And, and how many of you are familiar with the Charlie Brown cartoon? Everyone, Charlie Brown? Okay, it's okay to raise your hand. Like, you're not going to get shot. Who doesn't know about Charlie Brown? And then who's just not ever going to raise their hand because someone asked them to? That's pretty much everybody. Thank you. Thank you for honesty. And the rest of you are liars, okay? Like, this isn't like an auditorium filled with 3,000 people. I can literally see all of you, like, right now. Like, Y'all are playing with me. Goodness gracious. But I'm assuming you know who Charlie Brown is. And if you know Charlie Brown, you know that this picture, right? Anyone know this picture? Yeah. is one of the longest running gags in the history of comics, right? Since 1953. Don't tell me you were back around back then. You know what I'm saying? But in, since 1953, one of Charlie's friends... Who is it? What's her name? See, I knew you all knew this. Tell me, you didn't raise your hand. Oh, you. Now, Lucy, who, by the way, (laughs) on the subject of emotional immaturity, I personally think has some slight emotional health issues. I mean, come on, (laughs) you know, Lucy. Um, You know, and they're always the one that's wanting to give advice to other people. Anyways, whole nother message. Uh, So, What about you, Phil? That's what you do for a living. Okay, whatever. All right. But Lucy, Lucy, what she does, she's been asking Charlie Brown to kick the football, right? And she's going to hold it, and she wants him to run as fast as he can and kick the ball as hard as he can. And then before that, there's this cut to Charlie Brown's face, usually in the comic, right? And, and you can tell he's usually torn. And in some of the comics, he literally says this above his head. There's like this inner conflict going on because he's been through this before, right? The realist in him says, I'm going to run as fast as I can, and I'm going to try to kick the ball as hard as I can, and Lucy's going to pull that ball out. And I'm going to land on my back, and I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to break my spine. And he's thinking that the situation is not going to change, and she's going to... She's not going to change who she is, and life's not going to change. But then there's this idealist in Charlie Brown that we all love, right? There's this idealist in him, the hopeful, the hopeful Charlie Brown. And he begins to wonder, maybe, maybe this time will be different. Maybe this time will be different. 
Maybe she can change. Maybe the situation can change. Maybe I can change. Maybe life can change. And then right there before our eyes since 1953, (laughs) Charlie Brown is wrestling with what to do. And inevitably, he does what? (laughs) He whiffs the ball like a new Minnesota Vikings kicker. (laughs) Too soon? No, I'm teasing. Teasing, no, no. But you know, some of you are like, we're still bitter, Phil. Why would you bring that up? You had us, but now we don't love you. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, my Steelers are not in the playoffs either, so I'm right there with, hey, you know what? Simmer down. You need my blessing before you go, so. Cheesing, cheesing. Um, you know, and I think, I think around this time of the year when it comes to making New Year's resolutions, even with a subject like this where I'm asking us as a church to make this uh, commitment towards living life on mission again, I think, I think many, of us, many of us find ourselves around this time when it comes to this new year feeling a lot like Charlie Brown, right? When it comes to new year, it's like 2019 has teed up for us a kickoff and, and it, 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 the ball is all these opportunities for what could be and what should be in our lives. And we want to believe that we could make the most of it. But there is this internal realist inside of us that says, uh, life's not going to change, though. Like, I tried this before. And, you know, my faith is not going to change. And my church, you know, as much as I love them, they're not going to change. And, or my family, they're, they're not going to change. Or my ability to live on mission, it, it's just not going to change. You don't know my life. and You know, the struggles, the obligations, the this current season of life I'm in. It, it, it's, it's good thinking. And I agree with you, Phil. I agree with you. But the ball is just going to be taken from me. I, I just know. But in the midst of that, I think there's a little bit of a Charlie Brown inside of all of us. Because I know that inside of each and every one of us, there's also this hope. This hope, there's a little bit of a hopeful part inside of you and me that this year could actually be wonderful for us. That it could be even better than it was last year. A part of us that believes that we can actually see our lives embody a kind of faith that deeply impacts our lives and makes a difference in the everyday rhythms of not only our life, but the lives of those around us. And I don't know if that's you, but I'm hoping it is. And this is what this series is for. If you're someone who's made a commitment to increasingly submit all of life to Jesus, like uh, like, uh, um, the girl over here, whose name is Jillian, that I forgot. No, I'm okay, but Jillian, like Jillian said, you're like this. It's sometimes hard, isn't it? Like this idea of learning to submit all of life to Jesus is hard. But if you didn't think it was hard, the etymology of the phrase "submit all of your life to Jesus" connotates that it's going to be hard. There's never been a situation where the word "submit" has been something that has not been a sacrifice. Okay, so let's take it. Like let's just. Look at the words that define our faith. Um, And know that it's hard. It is hard. But it's so worth it. 
And so this series is for anyone who's made a commitment to increasingly submit all of life to Jesus as Lord and Savior. Listen, no matter what your last year has looked like, the highs and or the lows, the things where you accomplished great and the parts of your life where you mm, just missed the mark. Listen, there's a fresh start for you. There's a fresh start for you. And listen, you don't have to be a follower of Christ either. If you're someone who is struggling to sort out everything you believe or you've heard about Jesus and the Bible, listen, no matter your history or even your current circumstances, you can have a fresh start at becoming like Jesus, at following Jesus. You are welcome. You are invited to follow Jesus. And how do I know this? How do I know that we need a fresh start? How do I know that we need this friend? Phil, are you assuming like, are you saying that I've been doing good? And so you're here, you fresh start because we've been doing poorly. So we just got to start all over again, you know? Uh, no, listen, how do I know that we need a fresh start? Well, we need a fresh start primarily because God gives it to us. This is the verse that was on the screen during that little bumper video, but Lamentations 3, 22 to 23, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. Never ends. Your situation where you think God has forgotten you, his love never ends. Your situation where you feel like God has been quiet and you need some guidance. Listen, his love never ends. The situation of your struggle, the situation of your pain over this past year that maybe has impeded you from pursuing Christ and loving him and falling in love with him and being known by him. Listen, his love never fails. It never ends. And his mercies never, what? Cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies, listen to this, begin afresh each morning. I grew up on a verse that said, his mercies are new every morning. What if you believe that about your life? I don't know if you're like me. I'm a high achiever, and I'm, and, and, and don't laugh, please. That makes me feel even worse. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm a high achiever. I'm always evaluating, like, what am I doing? And, like, how can I do it better? And how can I do it better? Um, it's hard sometimes to wake up in a new day and go, no matter what happened yesterday, today is a new opportunity with God's new grace. I might have been a terrible husband last night. I could be a good one today. I could humble myself. I could ask for forgiveness. I could say I'm sorry. I could begin to change my words. I could begin to submit my actions to Jesus as Lord. And guess what? When I do that, his mercies are new every morning. Maybe you're like me. And you need to know that God's mercies are new every morning. And in light of what we know about the whole gospel, this 
verse, these verses remind us that in Christ, right? Because of what we know about the whole gospel, we know that in Christ, the Lord will be faithful to be there every morning with enough new mercy. Actually, more than enough to get us through today's troubles, through today's sin, through today's pain. And the book of Lamentations, as if you've never read it, um, I, you might need to take some, some heavy medicine with it because it's, it's, it's a book full of pain and misery and uh, recollection of the consequences of a sinful and broken world. Yet, yet, breaking through this is a glimmering ray. Here's where it starts of gospel-centered hope. The author just spent these chapters and will continue, but throughout it, he'll like, it's so bad, it's so bad, it's so bad, and say, but, Lord, you are. And there's this gospel-centered hope that points to the sufficient, powerful, present, and faithful care of God the Father for all those he calls his children. In fact, even our inability to live a perfect life according to God's will and way uh, gives us a picture into why we need a fresh start. The scripture tells us this, 1 John 1, 8 through 9, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Okay, let's establish that. Verse 9, but if we, what? Confess our sins to him, he is what? Oh, I, where did I hear that word about who God is? Oh, that's right. Lamentation does it. He's faithful and what? Just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness or unrighteousness. Okay, so back it up. Why do we need a fresh start? Why do we need a fresh start? We all need a fresh start because God has already given us a fresh start. And guess what? He continues to give it to us morning after morning. Repentance after repentance. This is what we call grace. This is the grace of God. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we need a fresh start, not because we are failures, but because the grace of God towards us, in spite of our failures, is a part of the transformation process of making, of God making us more like Jesus. I don't know if you understand that. Like, <laughs> I, I think some people, and, and maybe, maybe uh, people like me who sit in pulpits and, and, and read the scriptures to you and try to explain them, or maybe we're the guilty ones of, of, of making you misunderstand that growth in Christ doesn't mean, doesn't necessarily mean like you're, it, day after day you reach perfection as if though you are like, you know, going from being Asian Phil to Jackie Chan to Bruce Lee. I don't know. I mean, that's just a weird illustration. It just came to mind. Uh, but like, it's, it's about struggle. It's, it's like two steps forward and then a million steps back. And you take a million steps back because that is the atmosphere that God can actually make much of your life. In fact, my buddy Mark, he's popular for saying this. He goes, I'm going to do an impression of you. Don't get offended. But I think everyone would want to see it because it's funny. 
He always comes up and goes, hey, hey, Phil, I have this idea. You know, when we become nothing, we actually become something. I'm like, and I'm like, that's so weird, but yet I get it. It's true. And then he would say like, you know, you know, when we realize that we're nothing is another thing he's always said to me. When we realize we're nothing, that's the perfect place that God can make us something. I believe it, don't you? Thanks, Mark. In spite of our failures, God's grace is new every morning. This is why we need it, because we fail. I fail. You fail. If you don't know you fail, then uh, well, you obviously have not connected in relationship with anybody because they're not honest with you. But don't, don't we need grace? Some of you need a fresh start because you need a push to keep going and engage deeper. Deeper in spiritual community, deeper in relationship with those who are far from Christ, deeper in connection with God through prayer and his word. Some of you need a fresh start because you've never really had a fresh start in this life of faith. You need a push to start reorganizing your life to live in spiritual community so you can begin to have a deeper connection with God as you learn what it means to pray and as you learn what it means to live life like Jesus from the scripture. And then there are some of you who need a fresh start because you had some good intention in the past or you made some commitment to live life on mission, but this year your life looked more like Peter who began to sink in the water that he was just walking on because, his, because he took his eyes off of Jesus and the winds and the waves began to become the primary source of his concerns of life. You had some good intentions, but life just took over. And you need a fresh start. You don't need me to tell you, poor you. What you need to know is, guess what? You failed. Praise God. His mercies are new every morning for you if you're willing to receive it. Are you willing to take your fresh start this year? So what is it that needs a fresh start? It's the same thing that some of you who have been hearing me say over and over again over the last five years. We need a fresh start at being a church that makes disciples. We make disciples. We should make disciples. We are a church that makes disciples. What is Clarity Church about? We're about making disciples. Making disciples. What is this church about? It's about making disciples. Hey, what is Clarity about? Making disciples. Hey, what does Clarity think the church, the local church, should be all about? And, and what, is, what does it look like? What is the purpose of the local to make disciples. Can I say it in any other way? Like, it's like I don't know if there's any way like, to, to say it so that you understand. We make disciples. <laughs> this is our mandate. This is our mission. And I want us to be making disciples. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Here you go. Even in the midst of God's command for us to go, he reminds us that in our going, he is faithful. (laughs) I am with you. All the way to the end. 
So what does making disciples require? Making disciples requires knowing who and knowing how. Knowing who and knowing how. When I say knowing who, I'm not saying that we need to know who needs to become a disciple. In fact, the answer to who needs to become a disciple is easy. Everyone. (laughs) When I say making disciples require knowing who, the emphasis actually is on the word knowing. Because discipleship requires learning to actually love your spiritual family. And it requires you to learn to love those who are disconnected from God. Knowing who. The who is established but we need to know like we know, like no, no, right? You can't love deeply that which you do not know deeply, right? When I say that I love Nickelback, I first establish I'm insane. But second of all, I don't know Nickelback. I don't know them. I don't love them. I don't really love them. On a side note, there's some of you who consider yourselves a follower of Christ. If you are honest with yourself and you're like, you know, I'm sitting here and I, I don't have a love for the lost. Not like you say, Phil. I just maybe want to put this out there. Maybe you're in a current season where you have actually lost your love for God. And before you get mad at me, the scripture tells us that First John says, anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I, I know you know that verse, but have you thought about that? And if this is you, listen, I have great news for you. You get a fresh start too. How do I know this? The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercy never ceases. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. So whether you're someone who is looking for a fresh start or someone who hasn't been loving those, looks like everyone here gets a fresh start. You get a fresh start. You get a fresh start. Everybody gets a fresh start. Call me the Oprah of fresh starts. <laughs> Actually, don't call me Oprah at all. That's just kind of weird. Making disciples requires rearranging your life to build relationships with those who are in your spiritual family, especially those who are disconnected from God. So making disciples requires knowing who. Making disciples also requires knowing how. Knowing how. How you make disciples primarily happens through the rearranging of one's life to live life in spiritual community as a family on mission with God together. Practically speaking, we believe that making disciples happens primarily in being in a community on mission, or we call them here missional communities. Now, some of you are, you know, like, oh, you talk about this all the time, and you know, like, is this really working? Listen, uh, on a bookmark of another church pastor who pastors a church that is like ours, that is missionally focused. Oh, sorry, I had a burp there. <laughs> on a bookmark handed to every new person that visited their church. In fact, I'm, I'm thinking I'm so tempted to make this bookmark. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
there's a, there's a bookmark to hand every person who comes in that's new. And on this, it's, it has this heading. Ten things anyone who joins in a 21st century missional church plant should not expect. Ten things anyone who joins a 21st century missional church, what they should not expect. And the first point, I'm not going to read all ten, but the first point is this. And it, you, you can hear the tone of it right away and you get the gist. You can pretty much fill in the blanks. I'll probably read the rest of the 10 some out through this series. So good. Here's the first one. He goes, anyone who visits a, a, a 21st century missional church should not expect to regularly come to church for just one hour. Get what you need for your own personal growth and development and your kids' needs and then leave till next Sunday. Expect mission to change your life, though. Expect, however, a richer life than you can ever have imagined. Listen, if you are someone who feels like your faith isn't making a difference in your life, if maybe you feel like you're not being used by God to lead people who are disconnected from him into a loving relationship with him in his church, well, I think, oh my goodness, I'm gonna get on a soapbox real quick. So I love the, I love the find your purpose movement. I love the, the whole find your unique gifting. I love it. Great. We're all different. Trust me, some of you are way different than me. And I can, I can appreciate that from afar. And I'm, I'm way different than some of you. And we all have our different giftings. But listen, all of us who are followers of Christ have been called into the very specific gift and calling of making disciples. You don't get an option for that. Like, I don't know how to say this any more clear to all of us who call Clarity Home. You don't get an option to make disciples. This is, this is your DNA. It's part of who you are. And if you're someone who feels like you're not being used by God to lead those who are disconnected from him, if you, or maybe you feel like being part of a local church doesn't really make any difference, it may be because you have bought into the lie that a deep investment into your spiritual life and the spiritual life of others is simply kind of going to a church gathering, you know, if, if you're really committed, every week. But for the most of you who wrestle with this reality but live a life that looks less like discipleship and more just like, I don't know, Consumerism seems too harsh, but that's kind of what it is. There's a reason why you feel like your life isn't making a difference in the lives of those that are disconnected from God. And then, so what do you do? You say, well, you know, um, at least I'm loving my wife well, and I'm loving my friends well, and, you know, I love my Christian friends well, and, you know, and I've sinned less today than I did yesterday, and, you know, I've been reading more verses, and so that has to account for something. Yeah, you should be doing that, but how is your life in helping those who are disconnected from God come to clarity on who Christ is? That is your call. I don't know what Bible you read, (laughs) but the one that I read tells me to go into all the world, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything Christ had taught them, and taking hope in a faithful God who will be with us to the very end. So, Over the next three weeks, here's what I'm going to (laughs) do. I'm going to do my best 
to explain how the scripture teaches us what it means to be the church and encourage us all to take advantage of the fresh start this new year gives us. And so this is just kind of an intro to the series. I'll talk more about this next week, but I want you to know that we are so serious about making this fresh start towards pursuing mission of being a church that makes disciples who makes disciples that we are literally giving a fresh start to what I believe is one of the most important aspects of what a community does to make disciples, which is our missional communities. We have actually restarted our missional communities. This means that we have officially disbanded our current communities. Some of you not know this. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be rolling out two brand new missional communities. No one's ever been a part of them. So get rid of your excuses of like, oh, I don't want to go. Everyone's going to know each other and like, I'm going to be new. All of us are going to be new. Hey, join on in. It's all going to be awkward, okay? Just, that's how we do it. That's how we roll. Embrace the awkward, man. Come on. It's going to be, it's new for everybody. And what we're going to do is we are going to start some new communities that embody the best of all the lessons that we have learned over the past three years in pursuing what it means to be a missional church here in the West Twin Cities. And you should know this because I love you, because I care deeply about your spiritual growth, and because I believe that God wants to make more disciples of the people in our circles of influence, I will be asking all of you who call Clarity home to make a commitment to be part of a community this year. So, I just want to let you know that ahead of time. (laughs) I don't want to bait and switch anyone with the reason why this series exists. So, as I close, let me ask you another question. Will you let today be the beginning of your fresh start towards a meaningful life of faith? Will you let today be the day you commit to a fresh start of a Holy Spirit-guided life? Will you let today be the beginning of your fresh start towards being a disciple that makes disciples? Will you today let it be the beginning of our journey as a church. A fresh start towards living life on mission with God.